it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! (laughs) Hello, my little Major Tony Nelsons! Don't fall for that same old genie rub the bottle sex kitten bullshit from TV! If you rub against a genie in real life, and they grant you a wish, your life and your mother's life is in danger! Don't get suckered by your own greed. Wish for all genies not to be backstabbing, dark, sadistic, irony pricks, and behave and present as Barbara Eden in I Dream of Genie. Oh, they'll be pissed off. But what are they going to do about it? Anyway, here's a movie about one of those prick genies who call themselves gin like mustard or something. Enjoy the Wishmaster. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your hosts this evening, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the episode today, but I can't do this alone. I need to get some other souls involved in this little ordeal. And so left to right across your podcast dial, we've got the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. You wish to know what I am? To you, I am this. The cry of the abandoned child, the whimper of the whipped beast. I am the face that stares back at you from the shadowed mirror, the hollowness at the heart of all your hopes, Alexandra. I am despair. Okay. Didn't you didn't you use that as your wedding vows also? Yes, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> there were so many funny lines in this one. Like I wasn't gonna. I like I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the evil one this time. Well, I would have liked that been at that wedding and hear, heard the awkward silence. And and if anybody here has any, <laughs> hey, Mari, Mari was telling me earlier you still owe us a DJ gig at some point. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I still I I still have the bus ticket to Boston. On that day to remind me of my failure. That wasn't your fault, man. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, I wish you could probably go. I wish you could go back. It was my failure. (laughs) (laughs) Also joining us, my brother, Mr. Jason Jacanetti. The shit, as they just hit the fan. (laughs) (laughs) We're back to the shit again. Here, the The shit. uh, The shit in the shit. The shit, and you and you 
You heard him already with his Bus Ticket Lament. Look for his new album, Bus Ticket Lament, <laughs> later in 2023. Two True Freaks OG, Chris Honeywell. That's my emo <laughs> band's name. Um, <laughs> I own the sidewalk. I pay taxes. I got your taxes swinging. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my original. <laughs> Chris, that's what I was going to do was the taxes swinging. Uh, got your taxes uh, uh, swinging. Who can't be topical, right? But... Uh, so if you can't tell from that, I don't know what to tell you. So we're taking a look. Set your way back machine, ladies and gentlemen, to 1997 for a, a later a later edition of a horror rack hanger on. Because we're taking a look at uh, Wishmaster, um, pro- executive produced by Wes Craven. Okay, D- um, but directed by... Robert Kurtzman, and if that name sounds familiar, it might also be because he was part of the effects uh, studio that did this, because this is, of course, KNB Effects, mm-hmm. handling the special effects for this film, which was not direct-to-video. Some people think it was. It actually did get a theatrical release. I remember um, the trailers. In ni- What's that? I remember the trailers. I remember the trailers as well. It's, and, and so it did get a theatrical release, but I think a lot of people probably discovered this on home media, and I mean that very literally, because this, being in 1997, this is in that era where we are starting to see VHS and DVD, so Wishmaster was released on VHS and DVD by Live Entertainment, which of course was the, that was their uh, production house, uh, which was Live Entertainment, better known, I think, later on, when they were Artisan Entertainment, which they were a few years after this, and, um, you know, I know you might be saying, hey, Luke, didn't we talk about Artisan already? And we did briefly. Back on the Warlock episode, we talked about the Trimark and how Trimark was one of the, you know, mid-majors that was bought out and became part of Lionsgate. Well, guess what? Artisan Entertainment also was a film studio and home video company that was bought out by Lionsgate and, <laughs> and became part of that conglomerate. So they are now, they are also... One of the the studios that got bought up by uh, by the LG, as they are so called. So Warlock but, v Wishmaster crossover could happen. Totally could happen, which would make a lot of sense because these movies are very similar in a lot of ways. Yes. Uh, one thing I love about this movie is that it's like, hey, Warlock, we could totally do that, you know. So, but honestly, uh, I thought this movie could. You could almost write this movie off as uh, as like uh, just a complex nightmare that Freddie is putting on to torture the. Uh, torture the people in the movie it's there's definitely a lot of of nightmarish (laughs) quality to this yes there's there's a lot the other one is that this if a few years later and jay may know where i'm going with this this could have been if if this if this doesn't have the k and b connection this script could have been bought by dimension and turned into a hellraiser sequel oh yeah yeah so that's what that's all dimensional did um, after, okay. So after obviously Hellraiser and, uh, Hellbound, um, like Hellraiser three was an original idea and stuff. And like, then, then you start getting into, um, like you start seeing, cause, cause it's still about the Cenobites. It's still about that stuff. But as you start watching later Hellraiser movies and, and those of us who are fans of the Hellraiser series, um, you start noticing that pinheads in the movie less and less and less. And it's a lot more about other things. Um, the much later ones literally were just scripts they bought. And just stuck uh, Pinhead in them. They have nothing to do with Hellraiser. Right. And the there's a number of movies. In fact, the sequels to this, the 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 Wishmaster sequels, very easily yes. could have been uh, 
uh, Hellraiser movies because it just that there's a yeah yeah because it's a gin or it's pinhead. Literally, the movies themselves could very easily have been changed slightly here and there and become Hellraisers. You know, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, you know, kind of. Yeah. I, I joke, but still, you know what I'm saying. Well, the, but, yeah. the thing, but the thing, the thing to me about Wishmaster is two things that always made this movie stand out. And Sex. the first, the first thing wow. is the well. The first thing to me was always all of the uh, the special effects. As I said, K and B, what did a, did a lot of different like horror effects and stuff like that. So even though this was a, a very low budget film with only a budget of, of about five million dollars, turned a box of about fifteen point seven. I'll I'll take a three hundred percent return uh, on my yep. investment any day. But the the effects in this are. It, it's interesting because in '97, it's a it is a, definitely a mix of physical and very early CG. And, they and I thought this was, yeah. And the thing I thought about this was that you know Jay, you always talk about this that CG is just another tool in the toolbox. And so here, yep. for things that could be done physical, they do them physical. For things that didn't make that were would have been more challenging to do physically. I'm thinking like the girl turning into glass and exploding, and the or wire. the exactly yeah those yeah. are done cg and yes they i mean okay fine they're they're 25 years old at this point uh so they're not they're not great cg but it's it's a way to do it right and so i think overall the effects are successful because of that yeah, but, yeah. i mean the practical effects in this are fucking amazing like before we even go any further yeah. if you're just a if you're just a gore hound or a makeup hound and you haven't seen this, you you owe it to yourself just to watch for the the practical stuff in this. I, I thought okay. every level of this was like I thought. I mean, this should have been. It, it's no Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's just a little bit below Nightmare on Elm Street in quality. It's like a solid franchise starter. It yep. It has genuine tension in it by the end. It's got a great, simple to understand concept. The execution is good. The acting isn't bad. It's it's a fun fun movie. It's 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 short. It's entertaining. Yeah. Oh yes, it's, it, eighty-five and it's very economical, man. And it and it's well made. I mean, there were parts that I there there was a part where, you know, that just montage of the genie wiping people out and the guy's mother, you know, he's just like, yeah, you want a million dollars, and then like. His mother signs the the life insurance policy, and the and next shot is the fucking it's like a wipe. Fucking... It's like a wipe of the plate, and then flood, boom, no fucking around. <laughs> I just... can't believe Jack Lemmon's son got got done so dirty in this movie. There goes there goes mom, like boom, in like three seconds, yep. and I just laughed out loud. I'm like, yes, tell the story, just keep yeah. it going. Just the the tongue is. The tongue is firmly in its cheek when it kind of needs yeah. to be in this, but then when it's serious, when the Jin wants, yes. when he wants to be evil, he's when he's closing evil. the when, like, well, he's toy, he's having fun and toying around, but yeah. when it's time to get that third wish, you know, he's he's had thousands and thousands of years. He knows how to how you know how to play on people's weaknesses, and it's it's very very effective. It's a very effective you know, little gimmick that, that they set up with him, you know, set of rules. They, it works yeah, yeah. really it well. Like, it does follow its own rules, which is surprising yeah. for a, a late 90s horror movie to actually yeah. set some rules out at the beginning and it stays with well, the it's, entire it's, movie. It's, it feels more like a late 80s horror movie. It's definitely yeah. a throwback. Yeah. to. You, it was. It's definitely a... I mean, 
it's kind of a love letter. It's a love letter to a lot of things, but you know, with Wes Craven on, on board and, you know, just chock full of all, you know, all your favorite horror. It's even got Reggie in there. I, I mean, yep. that was my quote. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Amy, Reggie Bannister, Tony Todd, Kane Hodder. Pazuzu. Pretty, it's yeah. got Pazuzu. Pazuzu, Robert Englund. But it's like a scrim. Angus Scrim yeah, yeah. is in it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the narrator. Yeah, the, the customers in the pharmacy include Tom Savini, right? Yep. Uh, it's, uh, what's his name? There's um, um, Gene St. James. Like, there's literally, like, like people who are just, like, you just go through who's in I didn't in see Savini, there. but I usually he's a, Savini he's a mile and you off. miss it. Yeah. Yeah, it's real I usually, quick. I usually I usually pick him out every time, you know, but yeah. like yeah. They they don't they don't linger on him, but he's there. And the whole thing is like even the homeless guy is uh is Buck Flower. Like I mean From these every Hollywood hobo ever. He's yeah. the greatest hobo of all time, you know. Crazy that voice, that voice. Is... Yeah, I mean even even the point where it's the, like the he's little... chugging Gra- Drano before every take to keep that yeah. voice in that beautiful shape. Right. I mean, even even guys like um, uh, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Pilato, who winds up being in the movie as Mickey Torelli. Right. That's Rhodes from freaking yeah. uh, uh, Day of Day the Dead. Dead. Yeah. Every single person here is like, I should say, but it, it's they went through and just grabbed everyone they could. They called in every favor they had. They did whatever. Hey, you want to come do this like a five-second cameo? Yeah, of course. Because in 85 minutes, they chock it full the movie of faces that horror uh, people, the people who love horror movies, know you put in a bunch of jokes that are funny, like actual funny jokes. You put in serious, hardcore horror, right? You put in gore. You put in physical effects. They said, let's just make this the leanest, meanest 85 minutes we can there's no fluff no right and that's one of the greatest things about wishmaster um for those of us who if you've never seen wishmaster you really should watch it um before we ruin the whole thing uh like by telling you everything but the whole point is though we said it last time you already downloaded it you want to download the episode three four times that's fine that doesn't bother me do it we wish we wish you would yeah so the whole point is, if you're going to make a movie, and, and this is, and again, this is 97. Um, if you're by this point, they already kind of knew. And let, let's be blatantly honest here: that this movie was never going to be the summer blockbuster. They knew that when they were making it, when they had the budget and whatever's there. But they knew their target audience, and knowing full well your target audience, and knowing full well that your real money is going to come from word of mouth at the theater for a couple like for a week or a couple weeks or however long you're going to play but it's really going to come from home video oh yeah oh yeah and right and, and, and they and also fangoria is going to be flogging it for months going like check out look for tom savini don't blink you know well but i'm saying is but like but if, if you know that you're going to make a you know your whatever money you're going to make at the box office that's fine but you knew that home video is where you're going to make your serious going to make your money remember this is you know we are post you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Streets and Halloween, all those things, all those franchises, the, the, especially the Friday the 13th, nothing, nothing made money Friday the 13th. I understand that per movie, that yes, Nightmare on Elm Streets made more money, but the, the template was set up at, at Paramount and they understood what they were doing. They were making the next Friday the 13th before the ink even dried on the script for the first, the next one. They just kept making them 
until they didn't make any enough money anymore. Then they sold it off to new to new line. That's the whole idea. Once you once you kind of took that level and Friday the Thirteenth movies, however you might feel about them, made money. They guaranteed they made money and they played well. Like they they made their money in the theater and then they rented well. Oh, they rented really well at, at, at you know at the mom and pops. And then eventually with the blockbusters and the movies and all the other places that, you know, Hollywood video and stuff like that. Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven raised that bar because he wanted to tell his story, right? And if you watch, excuse me, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean, it's it's a great horror movie just besides being a franchise starter. But when you look at the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, you know, number three is considered to be like, you know, the best of the sequels and whatever. But those movies... Again, they knew full well that we were going to make our money in the theater. We're going to home video. And then what happens in the late 80s? Cable explodes. HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, you name it, right? Those movies were on there. And they knew that that's where they're going to make their money on their back end. This is literally, and Luke talks about this all the time. This is Charles Band's entire idea <laughs> with everything, yeah. right? With food yeah. and empire and everything. He's like, we'll make the money. If it goes to the theater, great. If it doesn't, whatever. The, the the best example of this, and I wish I was kidding, when you talk about Charles Band, right? And is Reanimator. Reanimator had no business making any money ever because of how crazy that fucking movie is. And yet, Reanimator, when you look back at it, made a bunch of money that it should never have made and became a cult, cult classic. Right. Well, right. it's cra- it's cra- it's cra- it's not just crazy. It's crazy and it's good enough that yeah. the, like it's just word of mouth on reanim. Everybody who saw Reanimator was telling everybody else, "You got, dude, you won't believe the things in I, in this movie." Don't believe what we can see. Like, yeah. for, for, you don't even have to get to the head, trying to give head. Like, you don't have to right. get to that part. Like, literally. You, no, you the, kept that one a secret for your friends. I, you didn't tell your friends about that one, but like all the, the other yeah. nuts. And that's the craziest part about Reanimator. When you watch Reanimator, you're like, the fuck am I watching? Like, this movie's crazy, <laughs> right? And the movie is. Yeah. That that model, that stuff happened. And that pushes right through the end of the 80s into the early 90s. And that's what leads into the the artisans and the um and live and, and like eventually into Lionsgate and all those these they knew they had these things. Wishmaster is the child of these things. It's it's what it was. Wishmaster is top flight effects, cameos from everyone we know. Robert England, let's fucking call it a spade a spade. Robert England's in this movie. And now, you what, got- hey, let me hold on one second. One one thing I do want to say about Robert England. First off, he plays Beaumont in this movie, and he's and he's great yeah. in the role yeah. of Beaumont. I love any time somebody on the level of Robert England gets the with as credit. Yes, because if you watch the <laughs> opening credits, he goes with Robert England as Hugh Beaumont. It's like. I love the with as you know that you know that dude he he's you know it's like hey we we had to sweeten this deal up a little bit to get him to show up on set more than one day right <laughs> if you're gonna do the it's, with as credit, it's weird you know, with that, that character because he plays it as it's gonna be a one-off scene and he's gonna be kind of an obnoxious character and he is kind of an obnoxious character and, and so I thought he was just gonna be sort of a caricature in that first scene and we'd never see him again but when they bring his character back. He's, you know, and he's going to be on screen for another 10 minutes or so. He he's he's a good actor. He you know, I mean, he's not winning an Oscar for this, but he definitely like made his character like 
you know, more identifiable. You know, he instantly made him from being sort of like this weird sniffy, sniffy art collector to actually like, you know, when, or he could have been just like really creepy when he's walking her around his thing. But he's, you know, it was he played no, it just kind of a fairly prank. straight. Yeah, he played it fairly straight and uh, it worked really well. What? Like in a lesser movie, and, and usually what happens with the movies where you have a lot of the like cameos and stuff like that, they use that stuff like a crutch. And this movie just doesn't, you know, they just throw them in there. There, there's no, they don't shove the Easter eggs in your face, or make sure that you see them. They're just, they're just in there as extra. They're a little treat for if you're watching closely or right. care or right. watching again. But yeah. Yeah, it's a rare movie like that where having all those all those people in there isn't like a red flag, really, of like being lesser in like the script or 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 whatever. But uh, yeah, I I this one for some reason in my I, and and you guys will know the title of it, but I got this one mixed up with the movie that had the Ouija board in it. Ouija. <laughs> Which board? Which board? Which yeah, board? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I had this in my head that this was which board. All and those W board, movies all do kind of blend together, don't yeah, they? Yeah. <laughs> and when I, and when I went to By the watch time you it, get to the W's in the horror rack, your brain's kind of mush, right? So, yeah. 1986. I, which, I, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And, but, you know, I mean, I'm old. That it's, it's, that, <laughs> to me, that seems like two years, two years before Wishmaster. With, but like when I started watching this, I realized I have, I, 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 this, this is like a movie out of, from another dimension or something that I should totally be aware of what with all the, you know, all the people involved in it. And, and I sh if I would have seen that it was produced by Wes Craven, I probably would have just gone to the theater and seen it, you know, because well, this, oh, during the time when Wes Craven was getting into the producing thing. Um, yeah. His name is on several different movies. Um, this one probably being the best of them. I'm trying to think. What was it? Was it one of the? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it there? There a Dracula one, Luke? I'm trying to remember. Like West uh, Creek. Yeah, Dracula he presented. He, was it Dracula 2000? And he had I'm the werewolf to... one not long after that. And um, was that Curse? Yeah. Dracula 2000. Gerard Butler. I want to say that was definitely, I had it, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that, produced that's by one. Wes Craven, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw, yeah, saw that, that's the one with the, yeah, that, that is, um, that's also got uh, Omar Epps in it and Christopher Plummer, yep, you yep. know. See, yeah, yep. yeah. I, I, saw, I saw that, yeah. saw that at the Dollar Theater in Clemson. Yep, I saw it on the, what do you call it thing, yeah, I, I remember seeing it, and that's Dimensional, like, that's, that's by the time that Dimensional had kind of. Dimension, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or dimension, yeah, yeah, not dimensional, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. But that, but that's the thing is, is that you started having Wes Craven presents. Wes Craven, it became like a thing, yeah. um, you know, kind of thing where it was like they were able to use Wes Craven's name, obviously, to like push, you know, movies that might not have had a chance at kind of catching a little more mainstream audience with that. Yeah, I mean, I would have expected anything with him as a pr executive producer on as. You know, possibly being not a good movie, but probably 
always having something interesting going on in it or maybe a, a good it would at least be a good attempt but i was yeah. i mean that was that time period i was so involved with other things that i just didn't get to the you know didn't even get to the movies and like i used to so it was it, it i i mean i i should have been rushing out to see this thing because it is everything that i want in something like this <laughs> Yeah, and this the other was thing, definitely one that Jay, I was going to say, Jay and I, I again, by 97, yeah, mm -hmm. we were old enough to go go to the movies and stuff, but I'm sure we saw this on HBO before home media, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Or did, or is this yeah. one that we that we just picked up, used at Blockbuster? Oh, I'm going to guarantee we didn't go to the theater. I feel like we might have bought this used at Blockbuster when they do well, their, you know, the, the Blockbuster used to do, uh, each movie was... But yeah, but they were there four ninety nine each or three for yep. nine dollars. Yes. And Luke and I go, let's go get three for nine dollars because to rent the movie was three dollars. You know, it's like we'll just own it. Even if it sucked, you know, kind of thing. And a lot of times we went through and we would pick off all the hard we that's how we built our VHS collections. Uh well Luke has most of them now, um, because I've kind of given my VHS over to Luke. Uh but like a lot of our VHS they were from Blockbuster or from um um, Hollywood, Hollywood video. Hollywood video. I couldn't think of the name, but sorry. Yeah. yeah. And we would go there and like we picked up, uh, often we would pick up full moon movies that way too. Yeah. Right. They yep. have, let's say, three copies of Shrieker and they're going to get rid of a copy of Shrieker. Well, no one's picking up Shrieker, but we did. You know, kind of thing. I think that's how we got Shrieker. I'm pretty sure. Because we, because right. I'm like, I'm not spending $3 to, oh, I'm not spending $3 to rent it, but I'll spend $2 to own it. You know, kind of thing, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll spend two thirty-three yeah. to own Shrieker. Right, <laughs> I got I got my Shrieker shot in third yeah. grade, so I never got yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. yeah, the little didn't grow out of your but neck. The, but the thing, the thing, yeah. But really, the, <laughs> the thing with shrieking with, head yeah. on the side of your neck. Yeah, yeah. That's like what talking... that's in the movie. What happens? And the funny part is, is that the time, Louis and Luke will remember this. Um, the full moon toys were super hot on eBay and stuff like that. Yes, and I scored a lot. That had every one of the the had every single one of the Puppet Master toys, including all the variants, and it had a Shrieker, and it had the Shrieker fan. Like this guy, I didn't know what he had, and I bought it for like a hundred bucks. It was like three hundred dollars worth of stuff, and he ships it in a fucking box that's the size of a recliner. Remember that? Like, and Luke and I have to like struggle yes. this thing up the damn. Stage. It doesn't weigh much, but you can't pick it up. Right, so we're struggling this. I mean, we're, thing both, of, both of us, ne neither of us were married, let alone had kids. But it was definitely a case of it's not heavy, it's awkward. I guess, yeah, I guess, overpacked is better than underpacked. I guess, but I guess, but. <laughs> and he thought he he thought he ripped me off. He's like, well, I totally got this sucker for a hundred bucks. And he, some of those figures in there, like just just yeah. the, uh, just that's the, the ideal circumstance. Everybody's happy, and he and <laughs> not only happy, but everybody's gloating over it. That's yeah. the <laughs> essence of garage sale gloat. Like the the pin and that pinhead. Who's the who's the guy with the little tiny head and the giant hands, in in puppet pinhead. master? Pinhead. It's the, pinhead. The, the 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 Halloween pinhead that came in the the orange and black sweater was so hard to get, and the guy's like didn't know it. He's like, I don't care. It's the wrong color. I'm like, fuck. This is the one we need. That was worth over hundred dollars by itself. But look at I get this thing up. That's the where you look at it. You go. You go. Yeah. Well, I guess it's okay. It's all right. I guess. No, but it didn't matter. We open. Yeah. We. In this, yeah. put out things and whatever, and we're like, we got them all laid out, and then we watch Shrieker, and I'm looking at the toy going, this toy is cooler than what's in the movie, 
But <laughs> you only spent $2 on the movie, so it's no big deal. Anyway, long story short, uh, Wishmaster was one of those movies that you would be able to find at Blockbuster or Hollywood Video because when it came out, they got a good number of them. But then they started kind of, you know, they dwindle it down to like one or two copies in their horror section. So I am sure there's a number of people who saw this on HBO or Cinemax or Showtime or whatever, or who might have done what Luke and I did and say, hey, I'm not spending $3 on a rental. This movie looks interesting. I'll spend $2.50 to buy it and picked it up that way. And what happens is you get home and you're like, wait a minute, are you kidding? Like, this is really good. And that's the, that is, I think, the, the craziest part about, excuse me, several of these movies, including, including Warlock, because Warlock definitely had a theatrical run, but a lot of people discovered Warlock later on anyway, because I didn't just make a whole lot of money in the movies. There, there were a number of really well-made horror movies that came out in the 90s that, for whatever reason, just could not get the play because they weren't mainstream enough, they weren't whatever enough, they didn't, whatever the case might have been, that literally home video was their way to become, and that's why a generation, people who are like, uh, you know, of a certain age, depending on when, because remember, this is 97, so Luke and I are like, you know, just in middle school, just starting to go to college, like, the, who are that right age to totally be the ones buying into these movies. What, you know? what was that Stephen King movie? It would have been right about the same time. It would have been about like between ninety five with the, it, with the the lump the lumpy the, they were lumpy creatures. You could only see them in the mirror, and the cats hated them. And the cats were uh, it had oh, what's sleepwalkers. that sleepwalkers. sleepwalkers. That sort of falls into that same. I love sleep. I saw that. I was lucky enough to catch that in a movie theater somehow. Just out of and going like this is awful, but it's like <laughs> fun trash, and it, it's very oh. similar to 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 like Warlock and Wishmaster in that sort of way, where like it's got and it's got some early like CG morphing in it. I think it might have been the first movie actually with morphing in it, and it's I I can only imagine what it looks like right now. It looked a little hinky then too. Yeah. But I imagine it looks like, you know, something that somebody cooked up on their home computer in two minutes today. Yeah. But the I think it's, 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 I it's love that movie. Too, you definitely have very early. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, because that came out before, like, The Dark Half, which was a much more major release, you right. know, like that, you know, kind of thing. Um, but it was, it, and what happens is, obviously, um, because it's so early in, like, the early 90s, the CG of the early nineties is like lawnmower man. Oh. Like that level. Yeah. Right. Which is quite, but you remember when lawnmower man came out, you're like, this thing is nuts. We all lost our friggin' minds over it. Yeah. Yeah, we that. did. Cause it was, cause it was, cause it was, but it was what it was supposed to, but that's what it actually was supposed to look like. But you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's what it is. But like, but the difference is a movie like sleepwalkers had Columbia pictures behind it. Uh, you know, kind of thing because of Stephen King's name, because this was back, this was after Stephen King was not a bankable horror star, a horror, you know, whatever. And then they started kind of saying, well, we can put Stephen King's name on it and start pushing it, even if it's loosely adapted from. <laughs> Inspired by a napkin. This, of, this you know. one, I think, got a little play because he wrote the screenplay to Sleepwalkers, yeah. but like he didn't direct it. So people yeah. were 
maybe thinking, okay, it won't be another um, um, maximum overdrive, maximum overdrive which, which I also love. Okay, uh, but maximum but, overdrive. He, he literally was coked out of his skull. He is fine. Fine. Right. He wrote some good books. That some well, he wrote some most so good books. Then no, no, wrote some I, books. Yes. Yeah, well, he, wrote, he wrote a lot of books, and some of them were good. <laughs> writing books then, or directing a movie, coked out of your head, two very different things. And yeah, when you uh, yeah. maximum drive, you're like. Is this guy coked out of his skull? But oh, like, yes, yes, he was the entire that, time. That's the thing is, he was he he was sort of the top tier of horror writers. But like, now that I'm older, like like, Sleepwalkers and Maximum Overdrive, they just hit that perfect. He like he he wants to do like his high like, high class or high quality novels and stuff, but. Like he seemed like he was really more interested in just doing like 1974 trash grindhouse <laughs> shit that was yeah. just like you know that was just fun you know that like drive-in shit and I thought like he succeed and that and I mean like and and Wishmaster and and Warlock they fit in that same thing where they don't look like you know they don't they they have good cinematography. They have good soundtracks. The the soundtrack to Wishmaster is 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 crazy fun. Like, just very active soundtrack, and you know they they're they're in this weird in between in between land. You know, like uh, were we talking about it last month? The Wes Craven zombie um, movie too. Somebody, oh. I was talking with somebody about that, but that was sort of in that same that me, middle zone of like, is this really goofy or is this really good or is this great or is it mediocre or whatever? But well, I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> we, we we were talking about Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent in the Rainbow is Serpent the West Rainbow, Rainbow. Yes, zombie yes. movie, which is not even about like quote unquote. It's about zombies for real. Yeah, not it's about, like legit zombies. about zombies. You know? Yeah, it's like this is like 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 this is like like a, like a book, like a real book, like a time life book. Um, you know, kind oh of thing. God. If if you know your Dust Till Dawn references, there is a fucking movie. <laughs> oh, that's another perfect example, right? From Dust Till Dawn, yeah. right? Yeah, this movie did got fucking dime in the theaters. Everyone's seen it because it was home video, right? The craziest thing to think about when this movie this is ninety seven, right? Scream is around the same time, and yeah, Scream yeah. right, turned the whole horror thing on its ear. Right, because right. Scream was Scream should never have been anything more than just whatever it was, but it became bigger than the sum of its parts, and Scream yeah. became boom. Like this is the fucking the new this template. Yeah. Well, I, right. and I think I think that's I think that's part of the that's part of the thing too because Scream is December ninety six. Yep. Wishmaster is September '97. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this this is right. not this movie. I think got overlooked a little bit when it came out because it was not Scream. Like you say, immediately and we talked about this when we covered Scream, you know, long ago before the last Great Ice Age, was that Scream was a sea change and almost immediately it was like if you were not postmodern yeah. in your horror, you oh, were yeah. passe. And, and this was this, this was one throwback. easily could have been. Yeah, that, like I say, this this was ninety seven. This could have been eighty seven. Yeah, you know, it little Easily. some of the details are a little different. I mean, there's an email joke in this for crying out loud. Early an email. honest to god email joke, which I thought was like, thank you, nineteen ninety seven. Don't this, ever change. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> but you know, but, but again, that you're right. That that I mean, immediately in the aftermath of Scream, what critics were looking for with horror changed, and audiences were starting to change. But you know, Chris, uh, Hero, you hit this on the head. If you're a gore hound, you are drawn to this. Anything because you're like, oh, you know, I'd love to see somebody get garroted with piano wire. <clears throat> oh, and the piano wire is magically animated. Yeah. Why the fuck not? You know, yeah, everybody's I, there for this. And I, then, and and those are the same people that when they go, they're the ones that are going to mark up with saying, "Oh shit, that's Kane Hodder. Oh shit, that's Tony Todd." You know, if you, I mean, and and Honeywell, I think you said, if if you don't know who those people are, it doesn't lessen the impact, but it's yeah, it's it, an adder. It's a, it's a net positive if you do. Yeah, of I mean, course, all, like, all those faces anyway. Awesome just, and everything. So Johnny yeah. Valentine is is just Johnny Valentine. He's got yeah, the there's name. a whole Johnny Valentine movie waiting to happen that happens it before. Certainly like, is. Oh he, my he, god, because he should have like, lived. He should have like, lived. They should have showed him beating Houdini by one second, and been like motherfucker. That, you know, that, that's the post credit scene is him. His is him just like, <sighs> but that yeah. But technically, if he lived, he'd have more wishes, I think. Well, right, but remember, none of it, none of it, none oh, of it happened. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, so Johnny got, Valentine oh. is still out there. Yeah, This is the only. I, let me just paradox. let me just say, I am I am not a fan of. I've never been a fan of the oh the the undoing the entire movie. The only it, movies oh, that yeah. I'm with, that I'm kind of okay with it are off the top of my head are Wishmaster and Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> Because back to the universe, it still happened. It's just her parents are still alive, right? So it's like it, you know, time space, kids, turn, kids, uh, you know, that kind of thing, man. This one but, is is actually perfectly logical in yeah, the in it makes its sense own in framework. Yeah. In its own it's the, framework, it's the only way. It's the only way that it could have ended, really. Yes, and 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 it's played out perfectly because she says it, and it sounds stupid because it sounds like that shouldn't work. But then you start thinking about it and go like. Well, wait a minute. No, that would work. And you can see the Wishmaster going blah, 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 right along with you. And it's it's just, yeah, it's perfectly, it's perfectly, I'm, perfectly executed. Yeah. I'm always reminded when Cinefantastique covered this film in their review, they one of the credit, one of the criticisms they made was that they, they didn't particularly like Alexandra as a character played by Tammy Lauren. And um, I'm not sure that I know her as much from anything except this, but what they said is that they would have, what, what the, the guy writing the article said is that I would have gone maybe in the direction of having, instead of her being like an appraiser and something like that, have the, have the heroine be an attorney, someone who was used to using words in a very specific way to mean something very specific that it may not be what you think it means, but it actually is. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, the audience has to follow along too, right? Here's, here's and, what it say, is. Then so you say that. What saves her is her eye of detail. And then all I can think of is, I don't want it to be a zombie turkey or a turkey that's going to eat me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all I, I don't want any monster turkeys. <laughs> I want a turkey myself. The turkeys try. But, but like... <laughs> As as an appraiser type person, she also has an eye for detail, and that's why she remembered the name yes. of the guy from the obituary. And I'm, so, it's, it's stillness. Yeah. Let, let, let me just throw this out there. There's a reason you don't know who this lady is. I'm looking at her her thing now. If unless you remember the one episode of Grace Under Fire, the one episode of Diagnose, Diagnosis Murder, the, yeah, the one the two episodes of Walker Texas Ranger. 
the one episode of Mad... Oh, no, that's a movie, Mad City. She was on Home Improvement for seven episodes as Patty. She was on Drew Carey uh, show for three episodes as Lily. Like, I'm saying is, unless you remember her from literally when she was on TV for one episode of Crossing Jordan... No, no, the, the one, the one thing... Uh, hold on. The one thing that you might know her from is that she was on The Young and the Restless for two years. So yes. if, you, if you did, so if you were watching, that's what CBS. If you were watching your soaps on CBS, you might, you I was, might. Uh, I was a well, she, I she played a detective on there. Yeah, she's she played a detective. detective, so she's moving up in the world. Right? Yeah, she went from an appraiser to a detective. But I'm saying is, but well, unless the detective you were, doesn't do so hot in this movie, you know? No, he doesn't. No. You see, I that thought that so would have been great. the natural. I, wish I just wish I could. I wish we could nail this guy. That would have been the natural. That would have been the natural role for Tony Todd, you know, for a little bigger role. But I'm glad they gave him Johnny Val- Valentine. He's Johnny Valentine. He's in the like movie just two minutes, and it's mm, you don't forget. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, we all know his name after seeing, yeah. him, you know. So well, remember that's who's going to take your eye. You, you remember the names on the guy who took your eye. That's what he, he tells him. He's going to take his eye out. And I'm like, but, yeah, you know, Tony Todd's no joke. You know, so. No, he's not. Uh, and, and the thing I also the thing that also I'm sorry what'd you say here I talked over you it's Worf's brother for Christ's sake you can't forget him yeah <laughs> yeah the the other one Jay on, on the rewatch this time that made me think of you is during uh, Beaumont's party and I, I love the symmetry let me just say this the movie of course opens with the Persia. sultan who uh, Persia who wants uh, I want to see wonders and so now his court is a is a is a court of horrors. As uh, yeah. literally a guy is, is his skeleton is ripping itself out of his body and gets up to yes. walk and all those other terrors. It was like the but gory then, version of the orgy at the end of uh, Society. Yeah. And, the, the, <laughs> and that's the red wedding version of Society. Oh my God! The end of Society is the gooiest ending of any oh, yeah, movie ever. That's oh. what puppetry. Oh. Yeah. You say gooiest, I say sexiest. Oh, I'm just saying. Shunt a little, a little of column A, a little of column B, right? Gooier than that. Good lord. But, uh, uh, but then, so Beaumont, you know, you know, well, we, we, you know, Beaumont wishes for the party that people talk about for years, and so he does the same sort of thing. And I and I love the symmetry there because yeah. you get as a viewer, you know, we're we're playing the game, right? It's like, well, how, what are they going to wish for? How's he going to fulfill it? How's he going to monkey paw this shit up, right? And yeah, so like, when he says that, you're like, oh, shit. This, this is this is, this is in, in his playbook. This is his, this is his go-to. But what yeah. I love about that, so Jay, I thought about this, when they the guy gets lit on fire. Because yeah. every time I see a guy walking in a full-body flame out, Ooh, I think of you because burn, that's man. like your thing. It's like, look how long that dude's on fire, you know? <laughs> Everybody off screen with the extinguishers ready to go. Yeah. The other thing that I love too and, but, is during the park when he makes all the statues come alive, right? Yes, what, amazing. What an homage! That to, whole sequence. But I'm saying, but what an homage to Talos in in Jason and the Argonauts. I, I whether it's on purpose or not, the way they move, right? Yeah, again, it's, it's it's done. You know, again, physical effects in camera. They move the way Talos moves. Now it's not done with stop motion, but you can tell K and B effects. Uh, they pay homage a lot of times. You see it in a lot of the stuff they've ever done. There's homages paid to the, you know, the masters who taught, who they learned from. And all of them have always said, it's the Harryhausens, it's the, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you the, know, it's Pal. That it's, stop it's, motion it's, skeleton in the beginning is amazing. It's like, oh shit, this is exactly yeah. what it would look like if Harryhausen was 
gory, and it's like, oh my, that, it was great. But and and it's and it's those those little tiny things that, again, as as a as someone who is well versed in all this stuff, you see. But if even if you're not, yeah. you can still appreciate. That, but that looks like metal. That looks oh, like yeah. And, and, looks, and yeah, and and the and first off, yeah, you're absolutely right. The 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 suit acting additionally is fantastic. Under the the guys under those suits, and I don't know who they are, but the suit acting is great on all the statues. I love I love Jack the Ripper jumping out of a painting, yes. which is yeah. fantastic. I love Very that because again, it's it's like you know, hey, it's all all the rules are off. And but but Honeywell, you said this at the end of this film, there is genuine tension. Alex is being pursued through the party. There is nothing she can do. At that point, yeah. she has all she has is a wish that if she makes it is going to give the Jin all his power. And then she's trapped in the room, the art room. He's got the Jin is there and the Jin looks friggin awesome. Andrew yeah. Divoff, who if, if you've seen a Russian bad guy on a TV show, there's a pretty good chance Andrew Divoff has played him. He even played a Russian bad guy in Lost, for Christ's sake. We're watching Lost. I'm like, oh, shit, it's the Wishmaster. And my wife's like, what are you talking about? How do you know that? I'm like, I was like, you've seen Wishmaster. She's like, I know I have, but he was wearing all the, he had a bunch of crap on him. But anyway, um, and then the painting with her sister and the painting's on fire. It's like, it, and, it's, and it's creepy. And it's oh, screaming. It's like, yeah. It's like it, an Andy Warhol fever dream painting. It, yeah. It's yeah. Nuts. It's that, that whole thing. Like you say, it's, it's claustrophobic and it's, it's legitimately, there's legitimate peril. And then like you say, she has an eye for detail and it's about stillness. And so there again, the script plays fair. It's not that she suddenly is, you know, oh, I can make myself really calm. We set this up. It's not rocket science. It's filmmaking. Okay. Well, that you foreshadow it, and is, then you pay it off. That stillness line is so like lame in that in the scene. You know that it has to mean something later on. Yeah. <laughs> I think with her, it, it's it's sort of like in Candyman, where you have a lead care a female lead character. Who may not be the most likable, whether it's the actress or the character itself, may not be the most likable character at all. And her sister was even more obnoxious. Oh, but yeah. if they if oh, they get to the point to where the the end, yeah, you get to the point of where the end, where the tension is real, because yeah, you may not really want to hang out with either her or her sister, but. At the same time, you you can't help feeling just that existential dread on a human level, and it's almost worse than somebody who's like super likable or super goody good. I think they they're shorthand in this movie. And another thing I appreciated this movie, especially for '97, was how freely everybody was just smoking up a storm in this movie. Oh and yeah. I think, I think that was her character was supposed to be like this is kind of a gray character because she was a smoker and. You know, and there and and like a, a lot of the shady characters were walking around smoking butts, so they were sort of you know putting her a little bit in the same category. But I don't know if I should really even think that deeply into it. But yeah, I like I wasn't too keen on her character, but by the end, by by the end where she was having to make her third wish, I was like. Yeah, this is rough. <laughs> it's really rough, lady. You, you can't win. You're kind of fucked. And 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 in a movie in this time period, you're not really expecting it to come out to a happy ending anyway. You're maybe not 
you're maybe not expecting, you know, the, you know, the Lovecrafty and others to come through the walls and take over the earth, but you're, you're, you're thinking that she's going to end up, you know, smoking a, a thousand genie turds in genie purgatory to do in order well, to I, I, pull I'll, it off. I'll be honest as like, you know, we, we've said it a few times as similar as this is in kind of broad strokes to nightmare in Elm street. I, for one, really like that it doesn't have the Nightmare on Elm Street ending. That right. it doesn't have the no, twist ending. No, it, it, it has several legit, And it's like, okay, the... Wit yeah, that the Jin is still there waiting inside the gem, inside the statue. Okay, that's a sequel setup. I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. But Alex gets a happy ending. And, yeah. you know, again, I, I talk about this on I talk about this in our Destruction Directive. As I'm getting older, I become more of a romantic. So I'm okay with her <laughs> earning her happy ending there. <laughs> you gotta have, some of them have to have happy endings. Yeah, uh, not not every horror movie has to have a grim dark ending. You and, can't, and I'm sure or, else, or else it ruins all horror movies. You have to have, yeah. you ha and, they can't all I'm be sure... happy and they can't all be, they can't all be grim and dark. You have to, you have to make that. And I'm, and I'm sure the inevitable remake of this will be two hours and 15 minutes long and she will be a lawyer or something else or a scientist or a historian or, you know, and it'll end with her having to replace the genie at the end. That's the only way she'll be able to make it out of it. And it'll be something contrived like that. And and I and it won't be as fun. And it won't yeah, be I, as I good. Know. I guarantee it. I don't know if they're going to ever make a uh, They made sequels. There are sequels, and if you own the box set like I do, uh, you have all those sequels. Um, I also happen to own the uh, Warlock box set with all the sequels, and, uh, and there's also um, oh crap, what's in Vestron put it out. It's just they're really, if you're interested in physical media of these, they're they're great Blu-rays. They're all together. I'm trying to remember what the other set was too. There's another set. Uh, I can't remember because I'm old. Anyway, <laughs> um, but like the the whole thing is though, um, you know. Obviously, every single thing is always remained, whatever, and pushed into it. It's just that they, they did not reboot uh, Warlock and they did not reboot Wishmaster, I think, sometimes speaks to the level of success the movie had in the theaters when it first came out and name recognition. Um, think about how many times like they did the reboot of, of, of Hellraiser, the new one that was just came out this like this past year. Right. And well, technically 2022. Right. And then now they're talking about another reboot of Hellraiser because yeah. Hellraiser, the franchise is so much bigger than the sum of its parts. Even if a lot of the movies are not nothing. Great. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even about good. It's about there's nothing to do with the Cenobites. Like there's literally movies where the whole movie goes by. And you're like, is Pinhead going to show up? And then uh, yeah, I know. You know, we've all seen them all. It's just yeah. uh, okay. Waiting, wait, waiting for a thematic connection here. What are those? Yeah. Are sequel and name only, right? Well, but but, but 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 Doug Bradley would show up on set. He would get all the makeup on. They would do all his scenes, and then he would leave set. He would be on set one day, and it's sad. But that's what happened in the Hellraisers. But Hellraiser itself has such a name, and it's so much bigger than the sum of its movies. Whereas Wishmaster, again, if they had never made a sequel, they would never made two, three, and four, this movie by itself stands alone. And it's perfectly fine and it works well. You knew they were making a sequel, though. They did not set up the end of this movie to not be like, 
look, we got to get a sequel. They created this. this movie to this movie was the, they created this movie to like if this movie can make decent money, it's ready for sequels. It was ready. It was ready set go designed for it. You know, it's like we're setting up a franchise. You got the bad guy. The only thing that I was really really surprised with is they didn't bring back the wizard guy who who entombed him in the in the in the first scene because i think or, i think they write themselves out of it though because they have the gin under the guise of the professor going you know he'd be the only magical thing in this real rational world of yours so it was kind of it, it yeah but him, usually they would know. bring back that care or have like a descendant of him you know because he just sort of pops up they don't explain him you just go oh this is a good wizard help does does the thing but like I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I would imagine that would be also you could bring that you could bring that actor back and say, hey, do you want to and have him be like, you know, you could just redo it as um, as Warlock, <laughs> you know. And, and have him time travel to the future to fight the Jinn again or to help out or to be a force ghost or whatever. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't. I'm, I'm glad they didn't do it. I'm impressed. Yeah. They they just let him, let him, you know. By the end of the movie, I'd forgotten about him, and then when I did think about him, I'm like, oh yeah, they never. Because I was like, oh, we'll see him again. That was my first thought. I thought he was gonna be one of the co-stars. He would be like somehow time traveling, or you know, fifteen generations later. Yeah. <laughs> then it'd be a little too much like Warlock, I think, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but I mean, that doesn't seem to stop horror movies anyway, so. No, but well, then I'm it, glad it doesn't then go it can, uh, Yeah. It, then it can also leave you the magical out of, oh, the wizard defeated them, and not the quote-unquote final girl, you know? Well, you know, the world so, always needs a little bit of magic, so, you know. I, it's I, very, I agree. It's Does a that very, mean you're going to be plugging strange magic from yellow at the end of this episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, I mean, we're all singing it. Well, well, we're all singing it. At least I am. Mean, I, well, I was, I was singing. You already heard well. I used the "I Dream a Genie" music from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All through this movie, in my head, I just kept hearing. That would be the parody. I will that would be say, the parody must, movie. I, you, Barbara no, that, that's a, like sequel. Yeah. Six. Sequel six is when he like wiggles his nose. Is it? Was it Genie that wiggled her nose? Uh, no, it's bewitched. That's bewitched. What did the G? Yeah, oh, Genie did the cross her arms and like not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. could have had. They could. They should have like in by the sixth sequel of this. They should have had the Jin, you know, do that with this with the boink sound effect, you know. But no, he he liked to scratch his. He liked to you know, scratch his upper shoulder. Like, I mean, like I, I love my dream of Genie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love. I mean, I love. I dream of Genie and Wishmaster. But you know, I don't, I don't know. Seeing uh, you know, well, as they see, seeing Andrew I'd be up Diff for like in the little comic genie outfit. I don't know if that does it for me. I just I gotta say, you know, I'd be up for a, a comic book mashup. You know, I mean, I would hate to see the horrible things that would ha- happen to Tony Nelson and, and Larry uh, Hagman. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> hate to see bad things happen to Larry Hagman, but don't we all? <laughs> yeah, even when he was Jr. I think I think Larry Hagman made a direct to D, direct direct to TV disaster movie called Hurricane, if I'm remembering correctly. 
And I think I, I know I own the movie her. Yes. Uh, TV movie, hurricane 1974. Also, uh, it, it is about a hurricane that, uh, comes into and floods. I think he's a helicopter pilot or something in it. I own it on VHS because, uh, the, the movie gallery by Clemson was going out of business. And so it's like, yoink, you're coming home with me. Uh, it's not that good, but it's got Larry Hagman in it. So I just always thought it was That's funny good. that there was a hey, really... Look, you don't have to justify well, anything. Look, we're of the generation that it's like, oh, Anna Nicole Smith's going to be in that... Or was it? Was that Skyscraper? Was that the TV movie? Was that her or was that Pamela Anderson? Skyscraper like, was I, Anna Nicole Smith, I think. Yeah, I was like, wow, I'm tuning in for this. Okay. They just Wait, they just her- covered that as we're as we're recording this a couple of weeks ago that was on the grind bin that movie. Oh my god! <laughs> well, when people talk <sighs> about the crap that the kids are watching today, they're just selectively screening out our bad taste when we were young, and we were just like, oh, "Fuck, I'll go see that." You know, if I didn't have bad taste, <laughs> but you know I what though taste. is that that the the. Yeah, the, the terrible things we saw were made by people with talent. The terrible crap today is just is just crap. It's just made by AI. I mean, that everybody knows that, you know. It's all AI. You but see the- people on on Facebook. It's like, hey, here's GoBots as an AI '80s movie, and people are like, whoa, what movie is this? This looks amazing. It's like, oh my god, you dumbass, read. Let's start getting some. No, real, it's tough. Let's let's get real '80s <laughs> pictures and stuff like that, and start putting it up and going like. Check it out, man! I just went on the open AI and like brought up this mashup of. The oh my 80s. god! We got to get you got to get like Ator the Fighting Eagle. It's like Conan yes. the Barbarian made by AI. <laughs> it made as a cartoon. By AI. We're like, oh my god! That, who is this guy? He looks like Miles O'Keefe. You know, Ator is not a cartoon. Ator is action. And Ator, I know that's what I'm saying. And look at it's like, well, this look at that guy. He looks so ridiculous. It's like, don't let Miles O'Keefe hear you say that shit. He'll come to your house and beat you up. You know. Well, let me give you see the movie. The 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 the, the stuff that like it just gets forgotten generation generationally is so it happens so quickly. Like today today when we were doing the audio drama, we had two characters in this one scene that are modeled after. Jackie Gleason and Art Carney in the Honeymooners is you know Ralph and um, and Norton, and uh, so like we've got people in their tw- in their twenties you know that are doing stuff and you know um, meanwhile our mutual friend Gene Hendricks was doing the and we were talking about like and I went back and watched some it made me I'll go watch some Honeymooners episodes you know which are fucking hilarious by the way. They, they are guaranteed like two or three. It's all just about Jackie Gleason's reactions to things. Yes. Are just go like true, unexpected belly laugh stuff. I highly recommend it. But anyway, oh, yeah. we're talking about it. And, and you know, the director's going, oh, well, you know, I don't want you to do an impress, you know, a char- the caricature honeymooners. I want it to be just more of a naturalistic thing. And. We're like, uh, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. To the twenty-year-old, she goes, "I have no idea what this was." And what what we had, the, the the only way we could get her to like, get figure out the reference was go like, "Oh, the Flintstones." <laughs> yeah. The Flintstones are based on the honeymoon, and she's like, "Oh, oh no. okay." Uh, young <laughs> you But like when I was a kid, my first expo- like I didn't have any way of watching the honeymooners when i was a kid and uh the only thing i knew about them was through the what were the honey mousers oh 
the the Warner Brothers mm-hmm. cartoon with the with the fake Ralph and Norton and Alice and and uh, you know and they were direct caricatures of the but that's I just thought those were Warner Brother caricatures till you know my dad was like oh no that was the honeymooners you never you never on New Year's Eve would watch the honeymooners marathon no we didn't have we. I, li- I lived uh, out. In, I lived out marathons. in the country where we had on channel. Had- I mean, channel eleven. It's that's. It was on the New York Channel. New York City. I was yeah, in no. upstate. I was yeah, in Carthage. That- I was in Carthage, I, New so York. So were we. <laughs> we don't. We live in. A, we don't live in New York City. But no, I'm no, saying no. it was. It was the national. It was the New York Station would have it. Yeah. No, it was on. We didn't. We, I. I mean, I would have to go. I would. I like. When I went to visit a friend or my grandparents, like that's when I got to see get glimpses of like yeah, uh, eleven. What was it, eleven live? The 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 New York City, uh, you know, the cable cable channels. I we we had we were out in the country where you couldn't get cable run out there, and we had one. Ch- we had the local CBS affiliate, and we had um, the UHF, you know, PBS channel, and we had a Canadian channel that came over with varying quality depending on the weather and that one was pure ckws so it was canadian programming except for like star trek <laughs> for those crap star trek copies what is so i never trek? like i, yeah. I saw mean? the warner brother cartoons were on, on on in the morning on cbs and i mean i saw i saw those honeymooners before i saw the flintstones i knew who the flintstones were because of vitamins <laughs> Yeah, I was always more of a fan merchant in merchandising, pops. but I never saw the Flintstones till I was like a teenager, or the Brady oh. Bunch, or any of that shit. The Brady Bunch. Yes, I grew up. In, I grew up in the suburbs of Boston, so I had I had Dana Hersey hosting the movie loft, and I had the creature double feature, and it I, was Three Stooges for New Year's Eve. So. I remember going to visit my cousins and going to their mall, and go and seeing all the T-shirts and posters and stuff, and going. What the hell is this thing with the with the thumbs up and the A? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And the, and they were just like, oh, you poor hick moron. Aww. It's the Fonz. It's the Fonz. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Fonz? <laughs> oh my god, you don't know what the Fonz is. He's so lame, Chris. I know. Oh, I'm oh, failing. Fuck. Just like I failed the wedding, I failed Fonzarelli too. And Fonzarelli would never fail you. you never. Son of a bitch. Never. He'd no. never let I you mean, down. He'd we're, never we're, jump the we're, shark. We're, we're <laughs> Jay, I mean, where Jay and I, uh, where Jay and I grew up, Channel Eleven, the honeymooners were on every night for my entire childhood. I can. Yep. When I when I let when I moved to South Carolina from New York, Channel Eleven was still showing the honeymooners. I'm pretty sure after the late news, I like got eleven o'clock after their ten o'clock. Every news, night. I'm pretty sure the honeymooners were still on. Night. Yeah. In, until 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 WPIX no longer existed, as long as it was WPIX, they still showed the honeymooners every single night. It was always after the news, honeymooners were on because they because they had the rights to it, right? And that's what it is. If you had the rights to it, you showed it. So they just would show the fuck out of it. I and would then- I, I would usually catch the monster movies on that on the weekends if I was at my grandfather's, and then. With my friends, we would usually be out all day. We would be out all day playing in the sunlight and like real kids and getting in and trying to steal beer and and breaking things like real kids. But like in the morning, we'd be watching. 
So like the like I got to see I I would get to see like F Troop, get smart, uh, and like I I'm just remembering all the shit that like was like it was like super novelty to me. Uh, fucking courageous cat and minute mouse cartoons were just like what the fuck is this? It's so weird. And then uh, I remember when we'd be eating lunch. That's when they would have like the arcade, where the kids would call in and go picks 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 yes. picks picks and, and like somebody would just randomly like <laughs> press the button and you've won five dollars <laughs> that's about all that's about yeah i i never like stuff like leave it to be all those 50s sitcoms and stuff i didn't see till i was like a teenager or an adult it was all just yeah. Oh, I was let's, not, let's not say. You but you know, you know what? Well, so I have to ask: Were you a? So you were not a teenager. Well, I was going to say yeah, it's not a not a WPAX show because I think uh, Tom Panneries might burst his way onto the podcast if he were. But, um, the th- so oh yeah, with Wishmaster. Yeah. Um. The, the so wait, but anyways, like I, I don't think we've I don't think we've really buried the lead here. I mean, Wishmaster is a is a freaking fantastic movie yes it's got you know it is it's not going to win any awards it's not going to you know keep you up at night it's so scary but if you're frankly if you're listening to the vault you're probably already a fan of this movie and if you haven't checked it out please please go check it out it's on tubi it's on pluto tv you can find it for free i mean I, I, I actually I'll bet have this movie. One, like, I have the, the double. Hold on award. one sec. I have the double feature of this movie in Wishmaster Two. I have it on DVD twice. That's how well I like it. I, I ended up with two copies of it. So there you go. That that's how readily available this movie is. I hear yes. when you get three. I hear when you get three copies of it. The the old ones come through the walls and all of reality warps and twists. So don't get think it's copy. real. That point, yeah. You know. Okay. So on Blu-ray, as uh, we were mentioning. So the Wishmaster collection, um, you can usually score that for about 20 bucks. It's got all four of the movies on it. I own it, of course. Um, the other ones, of course, as we mentioned, Warlock has it. These are put out by Vestron. They're part of the new uh, Vestron's uh, series. So, like The Warlock collection's got all three of those. They just put out The Dentist uh, recently. That's where also you get, it's uh, Waxworks. That's, That's the, the other one with set. the little elf guy, right? Which one? The Dentist. That's the one with the little elf guy. Who I want to be with a that reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> it's Larry Drake, but okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'll you know. show those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Made fun of me. I'll rip all their teeth out. Yeah. <laughs> Is so. it safe? I just have <laughs> one question. <laughs> We've gone off the rails. We're doing we... Marathon Man and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer mashups now. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, there are some dental horrors in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> there yeah. is, man. Yep. So, yeah, but uh, but the... Vestron is the one who's just put out the Silent Night, Deadly Night um, uh, 3, 4, and yeah. 5 on Blu-ray and stuff like This is what they're known for. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, and if you're a collector of physical media, like some of us are, um, you might be interested in those kind of things that's out there. It's readily available. So just want to throw a, it out. A fair people. amount of movies we've covered as Howard Wreck Hanger On have gotten high-end releases from Vestron. Just mm-hmm. putting that out there for whatever well, I, it's worth. I, I mean, I think, but that's also part of what Vestron's trying to do. They're right. Is it, well, Vestron, I mean, I mean, Vestron was a VHS player back in the day, so they're they're that they're re-resurrecting that name is not an accident. That this is a very targeted thing, and like I said, one of the things I, I love about Wishmaster is because it was at that pivot point. 
you know, VHS and DVD copies of this movie in 97 into 98, 99 were readily available. And it's, it's that weird period where I have some of those movies that I bought on DVD back in the day. And some of them I bought on VHS because maybe I found the VHS for a couple of bucks cheaper. Right. right. It wasn't the, the concept of, you know, Hey, it's gotta be, you know, you know, ultra high def and it's gotta have, you know, this feature and all these audio trends. Like, you know what? We just wanted the movie. Right. And so that, you know, that I'm still kind of in that mindset a lot of times. I mean, I've got, I mean, most of my horror VHS are in my, inside my entertainment center. Cause I don't, I want to keep them down here where it's climate controlled. And it's like, you know, yes, I remember buying so many of these just because it was like, you know, yeah, I just want the movie, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's Wishmaster falls to that era where it's like, I remember like Chris hero, like you said, I remember the trailers for it. I remember reading about it in Cine Fantastique and I remember getting a copy and was like, I want to freaking watch this, you know? And that it, it takes me back to a simpler time when maybe all you had for, for a movie was that trailer and the TV spots, and maybe if your dad subscribed to Cine Fantastique like ours did, that, you know, you might be able to read some stuff, uh, you know, before it comes out. That's but some top-notch parenting, I'm just going to say right there. You know, it's funny. I was, I was at a party <laughs> yesterday, and I was talking to uh, um, one, of my, one of the guys I'm friends with in this group, and he's a, he's a big um, genre cinema guy, too. And he was talking about reading Cinefx, Cinefx magazine. And so I, we started so, and I said, well, I always read Cine Fantastique. So we talked about Cine Fantastique for a good 20 minutes. I mean, you know, it's, I, that, that magazine informed so much of how I view, especially oh genre God. film from a critical <laughs> standpoint, you know, but, but before we turn into a, a, a CFQ, um, uh, podcast, but that, you know, just, just having that and the, the film is the thing, right? Not the. Well, be sure to watch our, you know, 12 part making of on YouTube and be sure to, you know, check out our, uh, you know, our, our, our Indiegogo, you know, and we got some add ons you can do. Oh, and be sure it's the pre the, the pre-release party live stream on, uh, you know, on Facebook live or any of that crap. I mean, I understand it's all marketing, but this takes me back to such a simpler time, you know, being, like I said, I, I was in high school when this movie came out and it was get, get to the weekend. What movie are we watching? Okay. Or it's summer. What, you know, we're done with work. What movie are we watching tonight? Right. So I'll always put Wishmaster into that period. And that, that was a, that was a time I look back on fondly. I think most of us do. So, you know, good times, great memories. Just, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's be careful movie. what you wish for, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Somebody had to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. 
You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off? Good, well that ought to hold the little bastards.